and welcome welcome to episode 11, season three of Rainbow Bridge Connection. I'm Kayla. And as I promised, we have a guest on the show today. As I say every time, this person's amazing. You guys are going to really like the information um, that he has to bring. So I'm just going to introduce him. Um, welcome to the show, John. John is, uh, his name is John Snyder, and he uh, knows a lot about aquamation. And I know we've kind of breached it a little bit before in another episode, but I think it'll be really interesting to kind of get more into it. So John, do you want to tell us how you got started? Um, You know, clarify a little bit more so our listeners know what Aquamation is and all of that. Yeah, so let's, I guess, uh, make sure we're defining it for everybody who hasn't heard about it before. Aquamation um, is just uh, aqua is water. So uh, cremation, which is fire and flame, we're using water to dissolve in uh, whatever the item is, generally uh, uh, a body in this case, because we are talking about um, pets, but also for humans, either way, you're dissolving the, the soft tissue. So just like cremation, you get an urn of material when you're done. But in this case, you get 20 to maybe 30% more, depending on how large the um, the uh, item or um, pet, human, whatever you want to say, uh, uh, was. And But instead of being like an ash that came out of your fireplace, because it, it uh, was not burned, it's more like a powdered sugar. And so once again, because it didn't go up in smoke, you, get a, you need a bigger urn to, to hold it. So like I say, you got to, um, 20 to 30% more, but you use 90% less energy and there's no harmful greenhouse gases um, going into the air. So it's way more environmentally friendly. And the whole thought of just putting your loved one into the fire and flame, um, it's just kind of weird. And um, not everybody's comfortable with that. Um, now burying certainly in terms of burying people is extremely expensive. Um, now, if you actually wanted to bury your pet at a cemetery, that could also be in the same same category. Now, if, you ha- if you're if able to do it in your yard or something like that, um, if you have a yard, a lot of people in townhomes and condos and things like that, or you just don't have the space. And that's a huge problem for burial. So whether it's for uh, pets, animals, or, or humans, land space, we're all uh, i'm in california you're in florida we're all in major metropolis areas and land is extremely rare and and extremely expensive and so burying and and caskets and all those kinds of things can get pretty pricey so most everybody turns in you know turns to cremation um once again it's, it's way more affordable and more available and traditionally if you take your um your your friend your pet to a doctor and it's just kind of the end stages and it's time to put them down. Um, they'll euthanize them. Uh, and typically, um, you know, if you do want to do some sort of burial, um, discuss those kinds of things, but most people just turn to, uh, to cremation and you get that urn when you're done. But now instead of doing it through the fire and, and flame method, you can do aquamation. So you can do the same thing with the urn of material that you would normally do. Um, you can actually make jewelry out of it. Um, they make some really cool frames. You could put a picture in and then have the uh, the material behind it. 
I still kind of refer to it as ash just because that's what people are used to calling it, even though it hasn't gone through the fire process. Um, but if you want to spread it, um, whether it's in your garden or, you know, you, you, you would take your dog to the beach or the mountains or, you know, wherever that is, um, you can still do all those things. And if it's uh, the human side of things, maybe there's several siblings or maybe with, even within your family with the pet. maybe everybody wants a little tiny urn of their own, maybe like a little cute little dog or cat or you know, whatever that looks like. And it could even happen with, you know, as small as, as parakeets and little birds. So that's even um, a possibility that people want to. Um, the cool thing with the animals is you can keep, get a little thing of fur, have a little jar with that in it, do a paw print um, and make the little clay thing, you know, of that and put that on your mantle or um, behind your desk. You know, if you just want to remember your, your pet while you're at work or, you know, working from home at your desk, whatever that looks like. And the way I really got into this, I've got a son with uh, Down syndrome and autism. And we were kind of going through the educational process. Um, in this case, we're Long Beach, California. And every year we'd go through the IEP and kind of decide, okay, where's the best placement for him this year? And this particular year, we decided that in downtown Long Beach, um, the teachers and kind of the program and everything made the most sense to be down there. And up to this point, he'd been using maybe two and three word phrases um, to talk. Um, when I would come home from work, he'd come running to the door, daddy's home, daddy, 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 you know, some of the typical kid kind of phrases. Um, not intense conversations, but something. And turns out that downtown Long Beach, it's really close to the ports. And then you got the freeway going, taking the trucks in and out all day long. So you've got the ships down there. You've got the trucks. And on the other side of the freeway was, is Wilmington, where all the refineries are for most of the petroleum products in, in Southern California. And during this time, his autism just shot through the roof. And we lost all communication. Mm. And it really brought me to realize you know, we, we could argue all day long, you know, this doesn't cause autism and this doesn't cause it. But to me, it's a soup of stuff in the environment. And what can we do? What can I do um, to change that? So I looked at at that point, um, electric cars really weren't um, a big thing yet. And so um, the Roadster, the Tesla Roadster was the only thing out. It's a two-seater. It's over 100 grand. I'm a four-person family. I need a station wagon. This just isn't going to work. So I, I looked at building my own electric car. And I have a 1970 VW Bug converted to electric the, going on 15 years now. And so that was kind of my first environmental project. How can I lower my, my carbon footprint? And then during COVID, um, it boggles my mind as some people just think that COVID, uh, they try to write it off as this never really happened. Those deaths really didn't happen. And um, I'm a funeral escort on the weekends. And so I was seeing behind the scenes what was going on and um, just the amount, amount of bodies at, uh, behind the hospitals. They had these trailers and, and everything. And it's kind of like, okay, what do we do? How do we solve this? I'm kind of a problem solving kind of person and they're like john you should get a, 
um, a crematory and help us out with this. And I started looking into it and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, being environmentally friendly myself, I realized how unfriendly that process is. And in terms of humans, one cremation is equivalent of 10 cars on the road. Oof. So in California, we just outlawed gas burning uh, vehicles. So by the year 2035, um, all vehicles are going to have to be electric. And then also recently, we outlawed natural gas appliances. So by the year 2030, you're also going to have to um, buy electric appliances or start be being converting over to electric. Now, how the grid is going to support all that is a huge conversation that needs to happen. And whether those years, um, those deadlines are going to be realistic or not is, you know, a whole other. <laughs> that could be several shows unto their own. But the point being they're starting to realize just how bad some of this stuff is for the environment. And, you know, as I said, cremation, you know, one cremation is the equivalent of 10 cars and it's a ton of natural gas. And so how much longer is that going to be a viable, um, you know, possibility, at least here in the state and really any major metropolis, yeah. this totally makes sense. So if we could convert people over to, doing aquamation, which is a much gentler and sustainable uh, solution, then uh, it's really getting to, particularly for pets, getting to the vets. Like you mentioned, you've had a vet on your show in the past that, that kind of briefly talked about this. And uh, some of them strictly do that. They really just do the aquamation and a lot of them just aren't familiar with it yet. And that's what I'm trying to do is get the word out mm -hmm. um, that that's now a possibility, so. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's interesting what you're saying. Cause, uh, so my biological dad passed away like November of 2020, you know, when COVID was still like pretty right in the heat of it. Yeah. And I remember I talked to the, um, you know, the place that handled everything and they said, you know, we're like 30 days behind on, you know, cremating people because there's laws on, you can only do so many people, so many, like you can only run it for so long on so many days for, you know, all this stuff. And they actually gave them leeway to do it more often than they normally do because of the amount of people that they were having to do. Exactly. I, I was like, I didn't even think about that. And then you think about it in terms of, okay, so if it isn't great for the, you know, the environment, and then we were like using it double time, during COVID, which was, you know, I think it's slowed down now, hopefully, but you know, three years of constant use, it's like, makes you wonder if like a lot of the issues were kind of coming to head with, because if every state was doing that or every country, and then the heat is getting worse and they're saying that we're no longer in, you know, like not to be like political, but not no longer global warming, but boiling or whatever is what they're saying. Like, it makes you wonder like, yeah, is, is this, is this a huge issue? Because we were, we were running them more often, far more often. And if every state was allowing more leeway for, to get the bodies through, it's just a wild thing to think about. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so I had two questions pop up in my head when you were talking. One is so say somebody goes like you said goes through the process they go to the veterinarian um whether they do it in home euthanasia or they do it out of an office and they you know have their companion animal euthanized what steps do they need to do to 
because a lot of times, like you said, veterinarians kind of have like, um, either they're going to have in-house crematoriums or they, you know, move the services over to another crematorium, you know, that they work with or whatever. What, if you want to do the aquamation versus the traditional, what would you need to do as a, you know, companion animal parent to, do you just tell the vet, Hey, I don't want to use the services specifically or, you know, what, how, what does that look like? Well, I guess the big question is just, where are you? Um, you know, it is legal in all 50 States. Um, it's not legal. Uh, it's legal in about half the the country for, for humans. Mm. Um, so the human side still, still trying to catch up. So it's a lot more common, a lot more possible, but you know, really, where are you? Are you in a major metropolis? Um, and like I said, that that that's really ripe for this this industry and this type of thing happening. Um, you may not be, uh, maybe you're not in a big city, and maybe you've got plenty of land, and you just need to have um, your your friend, your companion. Um, I hate the term put down, but that's just the term we use all the time, but euthanized. Okay. And and maybe you can't just bury it, you know, in your in your backyard or property or whatever that looks like. But you really have to find out, does your area, I mean, just Google right. uh, aqu pet aquamation near me. Um, is that, you know, a possibility? Um, and you could, you know, ship it to other places. Um, if you just want to do the process, that's not necessarily any better for the environment because now you have whatever it took to ship it. You know, if you're going to bring it all the way to California, so what's that by, by plane or train or, or something that gets it here in a timely manner. Um, and how much greenhouse gases that creates. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much that helps, but you really just Google it and mm -hmm. see, see what it is and, and talk to the vet uh, see, or interview the vets that are near you and see how they, what they do. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's kind of like, you know, when 4k TVs came out and it's kind of like, well, why do I need a 4k TV? There's no, um, there's no programming, you know, for this. And until the consumers were like, Hey, I need programming. Then, the the producers were like, oh, uh, okay, there's a market for this. We're going to do that. And the people just need to kind of rise up and just say, hey, um, I, I don't like the traditional ideas. What's this aquamation? Um, it's almost like you see uh, watching the news, you know, all these um, ads for the drugs and, you know, all the other stuff. And then, you know, ask your doctor about it kind of thing because they're trying to create the – uh, you know, the, 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 the desire, the want, the need, and then the doctors are kind of like, well, you know, okay, I'll look into that. But as we need to do the, the consumers need to rise up and just say, Hey, um, we're not happy with, with the traditional options. Can you give me, um, other, and there's now, um, you know, say you do have the, the land and the space for burying. There is, um, composting um and you can actually put them in like a, a bamboo almost shroud um even coffins you know kind of thing something that's going to decompose um and then become food for your i don't know if, if it's a, a garden or yard or how much land you have you know right. what, what that looks like mm -hmm. kind of thing so um the more the more people ask for it the more 
um, the suppliers are going to go, Hey, you know, this, this is a possibility. So, um, hope that helps. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, and then I guess the second question that I had that popped up while you were talking. So this may sound really naive, (laughs) so bear with me, but as you were saying, so the aquamation is this, I I don't want to say substance. That's a horrible way to put it, but is the being that is do, you know, they do the aquamation. Is it going to be the same, like consistency? I know this sounds so messed up, but the same consistency as it was done with the traditional, like. Yeah. So either way, what you end up with is the bones and then the bones are, are crushed into the dust and when there's a fire involved, it's just like if you had a fire in your fireplace or you're at the beach and you had, you know, a, a campfire and you've got it's a real ash material because it's been a fire. Right. In this case, the urn of material is like a powdered sugar. So the consistency and it's bright white. It's like you just bleached your laundry, you know, because it's extremely clean, um, the process. And so um, it is a different consistency in, in that sense. And, um, but it still comes in the same, like I said, the same urn it just needs to be a little bit bigger urn because you get more of it, but either way it's the bones. And even in cremation, it goes through a crusher that, that makes it into a, the powder that you get. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's, <laughs> That's kind of scary. It's <laughs> a little scary. Then, All the things behind the scene that you never really know. How did this get to me? Well, do you really want to know? It's not that 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 bad. Um, I mean, there's a lot worse things in life. But what what the technical term is is alkaline hydrolysis. You're adding essentially lye to it. So it's like 95% water and the other 5% is alkaline. And that's what's dissolving. Um, the soft tissue. So you you get that heated up mm-hmm. and you dissolve the soft tissue. And in this case, like I say, you have the bones left over, but they're wet. So you have to dry them and okay. then you can crush them where obviously in the flame cremation, they come out extremely hot and you could just put them straight in the, into the crusher. So that's um, the big difference there. But that's really the, the technical or scientific term. Okay. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Cause I was, I was wondering, I'm like, okay, so what does it look, you know? Cause like you said, people spread ashes or whatever, but you know, aquamation to me in my head is like wet, like you said, like it right. just, so that's all I was like, oh, how does that work? But I'm glad you clarified. Cause it totally makes sense. Um, but I was going to ask too, what does the process look like in terms of time? So is it, this like less time as like the fire one or is it more time or like what exactly timing wise is it what does it look like um it is quicker with the um the fire and and flame it's uh you know a few hours uh aquamation is taking what would happen in you know 30 days and you're um bringing that down to a, a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the pet aquamation machines tend to take up to maybe 12 to 18 hours. Um, they have different chambers in them. Mm-hmm. And so each chamber you may put in uh, five or six pets, you know, and then each chamber kind of houses the bones and whatever for that in particular animal. 
um, particularly of those small ones, maybe a guinea pig and a canary and you know a tiny little, uh, maybe a cat and a dog. Um, however, if you have like a really big, uh, maybe a Great Dane, maybe that would be the whole, uh, the whole machine would be that um the human one is is a lot bigger and it's also a higher temperature and it's higher pressure and so that brings it down to around six hours um for the process so um that kind of gives you a rough idea you Mm -hmm. know price wise they're they're very similar um in terms of whether you're going to do the the flame or the okay um the water aquamation and um, ironically, I had to deal with that um, just this last weekend. Um, my uh, my wife's uh, dog that she had with her uh, her ex and her son that lives with us um, passed away, but it had had a wound and it was it had a lot of maggots. And then after it it passed, the maggots just you know got exponentially uh, yeah. huge. And it wasn't something that we could deal with in a timely manner mm-hmm. to to aquamate. And then in this case, we had to go with the flame cremation. Yeah. And in pricing that, it was like six hundred dollars um, plus uh, if you wanted the hair sample and and stuff yeah. like that. And um, where we actually package that in, or actually a lot of uh, the vets will give you a package. They're going to yeah. euthanize. They're going to um, aquamate and then when we have the animal and we're doing the aquamation we'll take the the imprint of the of the paw we'll cut out a little bit of fur um and then put that package together you know for them and you know price-wise it's it's very similar okay yeah i was gonna ask that that's i'm glad you brought that up because i was thinking well you know you know how it is where uh, if if it's (laughs) if it's better for the for the world usually it's more expensive (laughs) than if it's the traditional so that's good to hear Mm -hmm. that's really good to hear so um so you said just google like if you are doing research like if you know your companion animals in end of life and you want to kind of get all your ducks in a row you can just google aquamation for um you know, your pet or companion animal, and then they can maybe guide you specifically, like in terms of if somebody contacts you, do you work with certain vets in California? Or do people contact you directly? Or like, how does that usually work? Because we have um, our business model is is uh, almost almost strictly just with vets at this point. Okay. We probably will um, open it up to you know direct to consumer but yeah you kind of have to have a vet involved because you know unless the animal has already passed away right. you know then they could come to us and and we could do the process but you kind of need a middle um you know person or or whatever that is in this case generally it's a vet that is going to help them euthanize um the animal mm-hmm. um and so like i said they have the little packages and that's who we really want to reach out to, but in our marketing, we are going towards the consumer because right. once again, we've got to create that demand. We've got right. to have people understand it. Do the vets even know um, that this is uh, an option? Right. And I think they know, they know about it, but I think all these industries, um, particularly on the human side, 
they've been doing the same thing yes. for decades, if not hundreds of years. And so that model works for them. And right. they really don't see the writing on the wall that not only is this a new technology, but the old stuff is not going to be working for them much longer uh, for a number of reasons, you know, that we've, we've kind of already discussed. Mm -hmm. So we're just, uh, I'm, I'm taking advantage of these kinds of opportunities whenever I can just to inform people that this is um, a viable option. Great. No, that's well, and that's what this podcast is for, you know, we started out as, you know, companion animal grief, and we still really try to stick to that too. But there's so much that comes with end of life stuff. It's not mm -hmm. very, it's not cut and dry. Like, yeah, you deal with the grief after, but there's all these things that have to kind of come into place that build up. And then also, you know, you learn from different situations, you know, like if you have a companion animal that passed away and then you have one that's aging, you, you want to make sure that you do right by the one that's aging based mm -hmm. off of the experiences you had with the one that passed away. So I think it's great. Um, I did have a question. So you said they have each chamber. If basically they have, because they have their own chamber, if you want to do a parakeet and you want your only your parakeet, because I've actually brought this up in an episode where a lot of times it is a, I, I want to say expectation that when you go to a veterinarian and you have a smaller animal that's, you know, put down that they want to do a mass, um, cremation where they do mm -hmm. six animals in one thing. And you might get a little piece of your companion animal, but it's going to be other people's companion animals too. In terms of aquamation, when you were saying the chambers, you're only going to get your parakeet, correct? Correct. Correct. Right. Awesome. Well, that's great. I mean, yeah, the environment stuff's great, but that's amazing that you would get your own. Because like, I, I get where they're coming from. Like you said, if in terms of if it's not great for the environment and they know it's not great for the environment and they also have like specific timing rules where they can only run it at certain times, I get why they kind of push you to do multiple small animals in a thing. But as a parent, as a companion animal parent, I don't want somebody else's dog or cat or whatever's ashes because a, I don't feel like it's my place to have them and B, I want all of what my, you know, my, my baby was, I want all of that. You know, I don't want. Right. Right. Yeah, Cause in a, in a giant cremation, uh, it's actually referred to as a retort. Um, you just kind of slide everything in there and it's just, a, you're burning everything altogether here you've got these little chambers um they're they're metal trays um they allow the water to to go in and and do its job but the bones and everything stay stay there in it mm -hmm. so you have each each separate chamber like i'm saying um and if you're gonna do a parakeet and do the whole thing that's a huge waste of water <laughs> if yeah. you're gonna do yeah. i mean uh, um you know if we're trying to be environmentally friendly right. um but one thing i do want to bring up you, you talk about the grief side and and on humans we have memorial services and other stuff and we have a little room where the family can come and kind of spend some last moments with the animal um you know, before now, if, if the, maybe the vet wants to actually euthanize it there, maybe not in the house. Generally, they'll, they'll come to your house, mm -hmm. um, but maybe it already is passed away, and you want to come and just spend 
uh, some time with it. I would really love to to purchase an old church mm. or lease space or something. Churches are the biggest waste of space during the week. Yeah. Um, to me, oh, there's other things that I, I, I won't go down that road. But anyway, um, and I'd be totally open to if you want to use it on Sundays, you've got your Wednesday night meetings, you've got the Cub Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the double A, the, the um, AA meetings, you know, whatever that is. But during the day, whether it's human or I'd really like to have it for pets, um, partly for this reason, I've become an ordained minister and just kind of have maybe a, a service with some religious overtones to it. Uh, I'm not a Catholic priest. I don't I, I can't offer a Catholic, um, you know, blessing. And we could get a Catholic priest involved if you if you felt that was something you wanted to do, but just have a nice place where you can have family and friends come and say goodbye. Yep. We do that for humans. Why can't we do that for pets? Mm -hmm. And you talk about the whole grief process. We've really got the human thing for grief down. Why can't we do that that for pets? So that's one of my my goals and, and dreams. And if I could even just lease space, churches are struggling financially. And you know, if I could be leasing the building from them um, during the week, and some of them have schools and they're using it all and, and that's working out really great, but maybe the school is folded and they've got these extra rooms that aren't aren't being used for anything. Yeah. Um, maybe some of your listeners even know of some, uh, some places in Orange County or LA County or even Riverside County where this could, uh, yeah. could be the case. Um, I'd really love, and hearing you talk about the grief and the doulas and, and all that other thing, I would love to bring in some of those people and, and maybe we even just have a, a facility where some of those people, those, those people have offices there and they could come and meet with clients. Um, and like you say, maybe the end stages mm -hmm. of, of your animal, uh, in preparation for, um, you know, they're not going to be with us much longer mm -hmm. and they, they want to discuss that ahead of time mm -hmm. and they want somebody to talk to about that. Right. Um, so anything like that, if any of your um, other guests have some ideas on that and want to contact me about it, I'd love to uh, discuss that further. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's like, we've talked about it really in depth in the podcast that there's a huge disparity for understanding of companion animal death as it is, you know, for humans. And, you know, we have this whole ritual. We always talk about like, it's a whole ritual when someone that's human passes away. We have all of these things in place. We do memorials, we do funerals, we do rosaries, we do all of this stuff, but you're expected to basically just move on from a being that's been in your life for years and years and years that you've taken care of, that you've loved, that they've loved you. And you're kind of just left out floating, you know, where it's like, there is no rituals. And actually the last episode I just, I recorded of the podcast was my, I did an episode on like how to honor your companion animal. And one of them was doing a memorial or something like that. But that, I think that would be fantastic to have a resource. Even if you have like um, a, you know, um, even virtual 
maybe counselor or something there for the people that come in that do that would want to do like the memorial service where they can talk to somebody as a service to just you know talk it out and you know do something like that but the the memorial thing is that that would be amazing I know a lot of people would would really like something like that because it's more formal it's not we're kind of laughed at you know people that 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 grieve their companion animals to the extent that we do we're kind of you know looked at like well what's wrong with you it was just a dog or it's just a cat and you know this whole podcast was started based off of that so to have somebody take us seriously even even dare I say like take us seriously in a religious fashion because because you know there is religions that don't believe the animals have souls and stuff so it would be nice to even have like a a, you know a non-denominational or a christian or whatever you know church offer the space for someone like you to do that would be phenomenal i think it would exactly that's exactly what I, i i would like to do and along those lines how many people either didn't have kids and had pets instead, or their kids are gone and now their pets or their kids, um, they become their family, uh, just as much, if not more so, than, than they are the children, you know. And so saying goodbye to them is just as traumatic as you know an actual child. Mm-hmm. And like you say, and, and particularly if it's a companion pet. And it's maybe, um, you know, helped you or support animal or or all these other kinds of things that we have have animals for now. Um, Yeah, that's just a huge area that's been overlooked. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of ways we're getting, you know, sometimes we're over we're, we're too over politically correct. But I think this area really needs to some political correct correction that um, you can. And you need to, you need to grieve uh, a lot of things in our lives. And certainly um, a person, uh, something that's been living with us um, and a huge part of us and our animals are the, probably the only thing that have ever given us unconditional love, you know, and it's like, no matter how we treat them, they show up 10 minutes later going, Hey, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming and saying hi to me. You know, who said, who else in our life does that? You know, no one. Right. 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 Yeah. 100%. Well, and and that's what I always had a hard time with too, because it was, they're like, so understanding. And like you said, they, they just love you unconditionally. There's nothing, there's no one in my life that loves me unconditionally. And like, they love me. And then it's like this, this battle that you have because they love you unconditionally and you love them. And then it's like almost a slap, like I felt like it was almost like a slap in the face to your companion animal. Like, listen, you've loved me unconditionally your entire life, but uh, I'm not going to be able to do anything for you after you pass away. Like there's going to be no memorial. There's going to be no funeral. It's just, I have to deal with it alone type of thing. And I feel bad because it's them out of anybody should be getting (laughs) funeral services and accolades and all this stuff because they, you know, their whole life revolves around you. Right. So yeah, that would be fantastic. That would be amazing. Cause I know that they do like support groups. I looked up, they have like support groups and stuff like that in churches um, in Colorado and in a couple other States, but 
if it could be turned into, like you said, a memorial instead where it could be run just like you would like a human, a human funeral or a human memorial, um, it would be super beneficial, I think, in the healing process. for Absolutely. And also Zoom, you, you talk about Zoom. Why can't we do Zoom with the actual memorial service? Yeah. You know, you may have, you know, your kids are grown and this was their um, their dog when it was a puppy growing up and they went away, you know, after graduated high school, went away to college and stayed wherever that is. They've come home and seen it on holidays and stuff like that. And where's a memorial service? Why not zoom them in and to be a part of that? And now we have the technology and after COVID, everybody's got, you know, Zoom or Google or um, yeah. FaceTime. Uh, there's, there's a, you know, dozen different ways we can we can do that and include yeah. these other people in it at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, and like you said, even if you start it where you start it in California, you find a space, you can do people across the, the world and have their own specific, you know, um, memorial service. Even if they're not in California, they can still, you know, give you the information, send you photographs, send you whatever, you, you know, they would like to hear about their companion animal. And then they could still do it on Zoom and still see it and be a part of it. Yeah, you know, share the stories and, you know, let's let's talk about about them and yeah. and bring that uh, um, as part of the celebration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What a good idea. That was a really, really good idea. <laughs> what a great idea. Yeah, no, that would be fantastic. I think that everybody would really be down to that. We had someone um, on the show there in the Philippines and they started a memorial, but it's it's a, a virtual memorial. So people can go in and send pictures and like do a little paragraph, but I think there's something that's fantastic. And I think they're amazing. They're amazing people. We love them. But I think that there's something also with like the physical aspect of it as well. You know, you know like another, another physical aspect, you know, we talked about taking, um, once again, the term ashes, everybody's kind of familiar with that term and you can spread them and whether the ocean, whatever, there's also a thing called um, reefs. I forget the full name of it, but you create a, a reef out in the ocean. So I, I guess you mix it with cement or something and then the coral and stuff can attach to that and it's creating reefs. I, I think it's in the Gulf Coast um, areas that, uh, predominantly where they're building these. Mm -hmm. And so once again, it's something that you can then have a physical reminder of, hey, you know, we took these ashes and we made um, this habitat for fish to be able to grow. You know, and a, another challenge we're having with global warming is all of our reefs are dying. Mm -hmm. And um, how do we recreate that? How do we repopulate that? Mm -hmm. um, so that's another thing that you can take um, environmentally. Um, be helpful and create a physical memory and just, you know, maybe someday go diving and go, Hey, I mean, it's even snorkeling. It's not, most of the stuff's not even that deep. So if you don't know how to scuba dive, you can just snorkel down and kind of see all these little reefs that been, have been made. That's so really um, there's all kinds of things like that, that, you know, you could do to memorialize yeah. that, you know, maybe you only thought that only humans could, um, could do that. But uh, I think we've been, once again, we're limiting ourselves. Yep. On, on the possibilities. I agree. And like you said before, I think it is really important for us to voice 
you know, voice what we want, go to people and tell them what we want and tell them we want, you know, want change. I think things have really changed. And I've said this before on the podcast last 10 years, it is, it is changed significantly. I feel for animal people, um, in terms of people taking them seriously and, you know, there's still disparities. I still see not everybody is on board. Not everybody understands it. But like you said, if we go and we communicate to people that, you know, that it ma- that we want this and that it matters to us, you know, I think that it will start kind of turning the tide a little bit more towards, you know, um, people taking us seriously and having the different options and having the different memorial. That's really cool, though. I never even heard of that. That is awesome. Because then you're like doing something positive on top of memorializing Right. And and it's a physical space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I'll have to do so. I'll have to like look it up because I've never even heard of that, but that's amazing. (laughs) So that's great. I'm redoing my website, uh, agapeaquamation.com. And um, I was putting, I'm not sure if the link on there is there or not, but I need to remind myself to double check for that. And um there's a few things that I want to want to link to, and that's the one that the main one right now. Um, but once again, you know, the, the places that you, you you can get the ships to take you out on the ocean, um, you can there's the rules are not as specific on animals mm-hmm. as they are on humans. Right. Um, so if you want to, you know. Uh, maybe you went hiking up in the Sierras or, I mean, I don't know what that is, or the Appalachians, you know, back East or different places. And you want to take the ashes and kind of spread them out mm-hmm. in those areas, uh, streams, uh, things like that. For humans, it has to be a body of water that um, empties into the ocean. So like mm-hmm. a bay, but a lake, you can't, you, you can't uh, do that in. It's more of a legal thing. I don't know if it's an environmental thing as much as it is just um, it, the ooh factor. It's like, yeah. oh my God, there's human remains in here. What right. am I, what, what I going to do? You know, and that's a huge problem with, with the aquamation on, on humans, but that's a whole nother topic of conversation I won't get into. But um, pets doesn't have those rules, um, you know, as, as many rules in, in many different ways, actually. Yeah. But there's a lot of things. So once again, um, if you have the ash, even from regular cremation, you know, and you want to take that ash and and put it do something with it um you know we think about that for for humans but once again this let's apply some of this to our uh our pet companions yeah no i agree i agree 100 percent. and that is good like you gave really good you know ideas like you said um like my issue with burying them in the backyard with or like burying them is like you might not live there forever you know, you might move. And then there's like, to me, I, it's like, I either want them with me <laughs> or mm. I yeah. want them somewhere they enjoyed or somewhere that was nice. Like you said, like spread their ashes if they loved water, like, you know, a, a body of water or in the mountains or wherever, you know, like I, I totally agree with that. But like, you know, the, the issue with burying them in a yard is like, well, if you move, then they're going to be, their body's going to be there. And I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not really down with that, but I think the spreading their ashes is a really good thing. Like you said, a really good option as well, that you could pick a place that they really enjoyed. And like in Colorado, I looked it up because we're going to spread my dad's ashes because he loved the mountains. And I looked it up and actually in Colorado, so as long as it's not private property, 
and you're in the mountains, you can basically spread the ashes, mm. you know, as long as it's not private property. <laughs> and then I think you have to get a permit if it's like a national park. You have to get like a permit to do it, but they're not against it. They just, yeah. you have to like pick a place that, you know, is fine. But like you said, the the rules for animals is different. And, you know, I'm not saying go do it, but I mean, <laughs> if you want to do it. <laughs> it's definitely more complicated for humans. And I would say that uh, both Colorado and I think Oregon are, are more open to that. Uh, California, we are the land of rules. We're trying to, be, we say we're environmental, but you look at the rules and you kind of wonder how environmental we really are. Um, it's it's a little bit more complicated here. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, I also, if it, you know, I, I think about if my animal loved being in my yard and is buried in my yard, by the time I move, it's now a part of my yard. Um, True. <laughs> that's a good way it, of looking at it yeah it's that's not there anymore yeah. yeah it's uh it's it's become a part of the yard yeah. but you know the cool thing about the urn is you can still take a little bit of it and like we talked about earlier make maybe like a little dog looking kind of thing or cat or you know, whatever the animal was or maybe even the, the picture frame thing with a picture of you and and the animal and then the rest of it you spread. So you still have some of it with you and you can take that with you, you know, wherever you go and um, maybe spread it in different places. You know, particularly if it was a dog and you went on hikes and all these different, yes. um, you know, reserves and um, up in the mountains or beach or different places and spread a little bit of everywhere. You know, this is all the different places that it enjoyed being. And, um, or if you have, a huge family and everybody wants a little bit, you know, then you kind of um, get little urns for everybody right. and everybody has a little memory uh, of them, or maybe even a picture. Each one of them has a picture with yeah. them and the animal and uh, the ashes or the material is in inside the frame mm -hmm. and, and a part of it. And then, you know, spread the, you still spread it, you know, a certain amount of it wherever you want to do. So there's a lot of things to do. Once again, just kind of being open to uh, the possibilities. That's all. Yep. I agree. I agree hundred percent. And I think it's all, it's just a very personal decision. So whatever works best for you and what you think, we just had somebody write into us to let us know that their companion animal had passed away. And she was saying that the companion animal went with her everywhere, every vacation, every adventure, everything. And in that case, like when you're bringing up, you know, bring it with you and maybe spread a little bit, that would be such a good scenario. If you traveled, if, if your companion animal was your travel buddy and you want to take their ashes and spread it in the new adventures that you're going to do, they're still going to be a part of it. You know, you're still going to have that, that, uh, representation of them with you. And maybe, you know, then a little piece of them are going to be wherever you are. Like that would be. That would be so sweet. And I feel like that's a really good um, option. And uh, like I said, it's personal, like what you want to do. I mean, my well, dog so, go anywhere. So it's so personal <laughs> that, it, you know, it, it is you. And don't let anybody go, oh, why did you do that? You know, if, if somebody's harping on you because you did something that you felt um, made sense to you, right. that's your decision. 100%. And as long as it wasn't illegal, you know, or something like that, 
um, which I'm not even sure what that would be. Um, don't let people um, rain on your parade. Yep. You know, this is your time. This is your way of grieving. Um, and whatever works for you, make it, you know, let it happen. Yep. 100%. All right. Well, I, is there anything else? Do you want to say your website again? So I'll, I'll post it on, on the show mm -hmm. notes as well, but do you want to say your website again and where to find you? Yeah. Agape Aquamation. And, uh, my 800 number is 833. Um, it's aqua. It looks like aqua mountain. Ironically, we're kind of talking about the mountains, but aquamation is too long of a word to make a phone number out of So it's aqua MTN. And, um, we uh, we are dealing with humans and and pets, animals, companions, uh, loved ones. However, you want to kind of kind of look at that. And um, sounds good. Sounds awesome. I, I have a lot of dreams and a lot of a lot of things I still want to accomplish. So, uh, if anybody has any ideas on how to uh, help me make some of this happen, um, hit me up. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. I'm sure the like our listeners will will totally if they if they have any um you know suggestions or anything like that. And we always say this well to the guests. We say this to most of the guests because we like most of them. But usually, what we say is in a in a year from now, we usually like to check back in with you, and then we'll do another episode on all the new things that you're doing and everything that's changed. So in a year from now, we'll we'll interview you, and you can tell us about how you found a space and you're doing these, you know, companion animal memorials and, and how to zoom them and all that stuff. So we're excited and I'm so glad that you came on the show and, um, we'll check back in with you in a year. Well, thank you. One last thing, uh, info at agapeaquamation.com if you want to reach out to me and yes. thank you for your time. And I, I hope that to, um, kind of get plugged into your, your little network and, see how I can help them and we can do stuff together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you.